Welcome to the Data Driven Ram, the top data focused Los Angeles Rams podcast, helping you to win your water cooler conversations. We'll start off the show today with my thoughts, your three stats for the week. We'll talk with the cuz about the state of the Rams, moderate the debate for the new president, and I'll finish up by getting you ready for the Bills game with Carlito. So fire up your crack pipe and get ready for the next 20 minutes or so. I'll get you caught up on your Los Angeles Rams. say the future is closer and more strange than you can imagine. The team is 3-1, and one, and the debacle by the Bay seems like eons ago. If you would have told me after the 49ers game that we'd be at the top of the division next month, I would ask you to pass whatever the hell you were smoking. The not-so-strange portion of being at the top of the division is that based on good play from the defense and the field position provided by our special teams... Where it starts to get a little strange is that our offense has been buoyed by Case's connections with Brian Quick, and Todd Gurley has yet to crack the three yards a carry mark in any contest. Credit to Case Keenum. Teams are daring him to throw to win, and he's rising to the occasion. The future may be strange, but sometimes it can be strange and good. On to three stats. Stat number one, 266 yards. The amount of yards that Case threw against the Cardinals. Frankly, after the debacle by the Bay, I wasn't sure if Case was going to throw for 266 yards in the season. But to do it from a winning position against the Cards' 8th-ranked defense was pretty impressive. Stat number two, ninth. The Rams are ninth in points allowed and 23rd in yards allowed. It sure seems like the cuz has a point when he says this is a bend but don't break defense. The third stat, 25, which according to Pro Football Focus is the amount of pressures Aaron Donald has made on the quarterback from his interior line position, highest in the league. We'll discuss Aaron Donald's dominance and more in my next conversation with the cuz. <laughs> about the state of the Rams, the Cuz. Cuz, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me once again. Well, a 3-1 in one record, top of the NFC West. How surprised are you that this is where we are at the first quarter in March? Well, I think it's a very good thing, uh, especially after the start, especially getting three wins in a row, two on the road, and now next week we head back home. I mean, the coaches split the season into quarters, and they try to secure a winning record within that. And that is exactly what the Rams have done over the past four weeks. Yeah, especially after the debacle by the Bay. Very surprising. Yeah. Very good to see. And another surprising thing, Case Keenum, 265 yards against the Cardinals. Were you surprised to see that type of output? Well, considering that they can't rely on the run game primarily, he had to sling that ball around. And uh, 265 is huge, especially when you get Gurley out of the backfield and whether it was a couple screens or that wheel route to convert those solid third downs. I think it's a good thing, especially the two TDs by uh, Brian Quick and getting the ball down the field. I think the three for three, 100% down the field, you'll get some numbers when you throw the ball like that. Yeah, that's true. Brian Quick has definitely been great providing some big plays. You know, thinking about all the roles, it seems like, you know, we're not doing that great on third down. 
Have we found anybody who would you consider clutch on third downs? For third downs, you know, I think this week the person that kind of stepped up was Gurley on those third downs, especially late in the fourth quarter, catching the ball out of the backfield and fighting for those extra couple yards. Those are crucial third downs and critical third downs that they converted. I think because they are able to spread the ball, whether it's a little screen here, down the field quick, and out by Kenny Britt, or a little bit of end around by Tavon. I think whatever the coaches see, especially looking from up in the box, collectively they're clutch on third down. I don't think that one guy's really stood out. I mean, we still have young receivers and tight ends that haven't really stepped up. But I think uh, as a whole, they're all kind of getting it done on third down. Okay, so the passing game was positive last game. And one of the issues has been the running game. And frankly, it's been a problem all year. Todd Gurley, once again, under three yards of carry. So I guess my question is, what's the problem? I mean, is he not able to see the hole? Is Case Keenum not reading the defense properly and adjusting? Or is it just the fact that he may just be a great athlete who's really not great at playing football? Todd Gurley is an amazing football player. Obviously, the run game is going to come, especially with a shaky O-line. We could always improve at the O-line. But I think what's crucial for what the coaches have done, especially this past game, was getting them in the passing game, spreading them out. I mean, their other teams on defense are not going to allow Gurley to gash at them and beat them with the run game. So they're going to load the box with eight. So the coaches did an amazing job of getting him out of the backfield, out in the open, ability to make people miss. And that 33-yard one-hander wheel route was huge. So I think that's just going to allow Gurley and the ball to get thrown around more. But the running game's going to come. I'm not concerned about it. I think that's going to come in due time. Great. Okay. So the defense, I mean, just has been completely outstanding. 13 points allowed, again on the road, with two big interceptions on the last two drives. What makes this defense so effective? They're talented, top to bottom. They can get it done when they need to. Obviously, it starts with their D-line. They're just tenacious, and the D-line putting pressure on the quarterback allows the linebackers and the DBs to make plays. When you're putting pressure on the quarterback and he has to get rid of the ball quickly, that's going to lead to bad place balls, pressure, bad decisions. And so the defense, the defensive back and the linebackers are able to make plays. This past game, they had five takeaways, two forced fumbles and three interceptions. That is huge. Also, in the second half, the Rams ended four of the six second-half drives with takeaways. And if you go back to the second quarter, they were five of eight going back to the second quarter, which is huge. If you're able to get the defense off the field and the offense back on the field, you are going to be in a position to score some points. Aaron Donald has been practically unblockable this season. What do you think makes him so dominant? He is young. He's a phenomenal athlete confident, he's strong, he works his ass off. The guy is coached by arguably the best D-line coaches in the league. And not only that, he's surrounded by other first-rounders on that line. And if everyone looking after him, he's just putting himself in a position to make plays. It's really a testament to the whole D-line, but he really stands out. And him getting his first sack and football this past week, we're going to be seeing a lot more of that out of him. Yeah, speaking of another first-round lineman on the defense, that Frankly, it surprised me a heck of a lot was the pickup from the Patriots, Damian Easley. Has he surprised you and how well and how effective he's been at making big plays? I mean, we hear the name Aaron Donald is the top guy, Eugene Sims, names like that, but 
Damien Easley, I'm not surprised. I mean, they have a tenacious D-line, but I think he's just been at the right place at the right time, and, you know, going in and punching that ball out to get a forced fumble, uh, that's two in two games. So anytime that you win the turnover or the takeaway battle, you put a very high percentage on you're going to win the game. So two forced fumbles in two weeks, huh, you can't really ask for much more than that. So true. So what do you think of Alex Ogletree's move to middle linebacker so far? Successful, still a work in progress? Where do you see that? I think the whole team is a work in progress. I think that's exciting for the team. So, yeah, I think it's a work in progress, but he has taken charge. He's done a great job. He's a leader on the field, and uh, he's able to get the calls out to his guys, and that's huge. So I think he's doing a great job. Okay. And then on to the defensive backfield. Three interceptions this week that – EJ breaking up the play, that big hit. You think the DBs are starting to gel as a unit? Their game has been stepped up. I think collectively, yeah, they're gelling, if you want to put it that way, but I think they've just started to make plays, big plays when they need to. You know, three interceptions on any game is huge, not to mention the other two takeaways, but your defensive backfield is stepping up. The Cardinals had a throwing attack that was very strong. So for them to get three picks, <laughs> that. That's huge for the team. It's huge moving into next week. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the role of special teams in this game and, frankly, all season. The Tavon Austin punt return, great delay, amazing accuracy. And Johnny Hecker, I mean, forget all pro season. You're talking about an all-decade type of season. What can you say about the special teams? The special teams are crucial to the Rams' success. They can shoot themselves in the foot on offense or defense with penalties, but their special teams is solid. They're coached by Coach Bones, who is an amazing guru with special teams. When you can get Tavon open space and you can get him to return it almost all the way downfield, arguably going to be a touchdown if he didn't get face masked by the Cardinals. It's huge. When you win the field position game, that is huge, like we saw in the game. So you had a sack on defense, forced him to punt. You got a strong return game. That is huge when you win the field position battle. So it puts you close to the red zone. So like we saw with Tavon, he had a long return and then a face mask, another 15 yards. That puts him in the red zone. When you're in the red zone, especially with Greg DeLake, you're going to put it through the uprights or you're going to get it in the end zone. Their special teams is crucial to the Rams' success, and they've done just that so far. Okay, and moving over to the coaches. After the debacle by the Bay, there were a lot of questions about the coaching staff. What's changed and allowed them to become 3-1? and one? They've had their guys blown out on the first game, but since then they have rallied the troops. And like I said earlier, being smart with who they have. Do they have a huge receiver downfield? No, but they're finding a way to get it done. Do they have a running game? No, but they're going to swing Gurley out, out the backfield and get, get him in the passing game. With what they're doing, with what they have at the stage they're at on a growing young team, the coaches are very wise in what they're doing and smart, and so as they're implementing new stuff, they're gearing their plays and their play calling to the strings that they have right now in this moment where the Rams are at, and I think they're doing a great job with that. Excellently put. Okay, so for last week, who do you consider the bad motherfucker of the week? Dude, if you can go two for two on receptions with two touchdowns, you're a badass. Brian Click, <laughs> you get the badass of the week. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, any predictions for the game this week? I think they're going to come home. I think it's going to be the energy in the building. They're going to get another win. They're going to be 4-1, and one, and they're going to ride that into the, into the following games. But they're going to come home, high energy, 
they're going to put on the show for the people of the Coliseum. All right. Well, excellently done, and we'll leave it at that. Thanks, Cuz, for joining us. Thank you for having me.
That's what being a good leader is all about. Making sure the bottom line of the income statement goes all the way to the top line of the organizational chart. Any final words, Mr. Trump? I can promise you that I will never allow the Rams to play a game in China. So, in summation, Rams good, Mexicans bad. For you, Mrs. Clinton? Well, I haven't had an idea since the 1990s, but I will say whatever I need to say. Do whatever I need to do. Just vote for me, and I won't bankrupt the team or piss off the largest growing dem demographic for the team. Well, we'll leave the debate at that, and we hope to get the results of the presidential election soon. <laughs> ready for the matchup. I've asked Buffalo Bills fan and Buffalo resident Carlito to get us ready. Carlito, welcome. Hey, Dee, thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be on the show. First off, I want to give a shout out to the uh, Bills Mafia. Carlito is actually an amazing super fan. He's actually a West Coast guy who decided to uproot, move to the East Coast to be near his Buffalo Bills. I can't do the story justice. Carlito, would you like to fill in the fans? Uh, funny story, I, I actually uh, parted ways with my job uh, back in May of 2015. I uh, traveled the country and got season seats to the Bills in uh, 2015. Uh, so I'd always talked about coming to Buffalo, maybe for one game. Decide a lot of people have goals, they have bucket list items. Some people write those ideas down, but they never do them. So, I just decided to move cross-country, got season seats to the Bills 2015, and uh, didn't know a single person here. Had never been to Buffalo, but I'd always wanted to go, so we were voted the drunkest fan base in 2015, so we won something. So not a championship, but we did win a title of some sorts, and I definitely did my part to contribute in 2015. All right, good stuff. Well, the Buffalo Bills are sitting at 2-2, two and two, winning their last two games, and have quickly gone from laughingstock to respectability. What do you attribute to that change? The season didn't exactly get off to the best start. Uh, we, uh, we went 0-2, and, two, and uh, I think pretty much everyone was ready to, uh, to fire the coaching staff, fire everybody, get rid of everybody. But uh, last two weeks, they've really turned things around. I know we knocked off Europe division rival the Cardinals two weeks ago. Uh, we uh, knocked them off pretty good. I mean, we picked off Carson Palmer five times, and uh, they certainly didn't look like a Super Bowl contender when they visited uh, Buffalo two weeks ago. And again, last week, no one gave us a chance against the Patriots, but we shut them out for the first time, I believe, since 1994 in, uh, in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. So Things are looking a lot better than they were two weeks ago. So I'm obviously excited, and uh, I'm excited for this game against the Rams. Rams fans will know about Rex Ryan and his defense, but they may be surprised to know that you're in the top half of the league in scoring. Who are some of your major threats, and what do you consider to be a strength on offense? Now, in regards to our offense, I know Rex Ryan is a defense guru. We brought in Rob Ryan. We've got Ed Reed. We've got Dennis Thurman. Got a lot of uh, people on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, we've still found a way to score. And uh, last year, I know we led the league in uh, rushing. Our, our offensive coordinator, who is now 
no longer our offensive coordinator, had a very predictable system, got us a lot of yards on the ground, but it didn't get us enough victories. So, um, and that might have been the fault of the defense last year. So, But if you look at our weapons on offense, there's not much on the receiving corps. I think we've got Robert Woods. We've got Marquise Goodwin. I know Greg Solace is out. We just acquired um, off waivers Justin Hunter. So it's pretty much paper thin on the receiving corps. But uh, we had a pretty uh, straightforward game plan, and Tyrod surprised me last week and uh, was accurate, made a lot of throws across the middle, some short and intermediate throws, and uh, it worked out. We beat the Patriots. So, And in terms of threats on our offense outside of LaShawn McCoy, there really isn't any household names that you can consider a threat. Um, Sammy Watkins, Sammy Glass Watkins, who uh, seems to get hurt uh, every other week out for the season, was pretty much our primary weapon. So uh, we've got two good uh, runners. We've got Tyrod, who's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, and we got LaShawn McCoy. Outside of that, uh, we're not going to scare you on offense, but if our defense can do its job, hold opponents down, uh, then we don't need to score a lot of points. We just need to control the control the clock, control the ball, and uh, get more points than the other team scores. You mentioned that the team has really turned around on defense this year. What has made you guys so effective such that you're able to be in the top six in points allowed? Uh, what makes us so effective on defense? I think everybody's finally buying into the system. We had some bitches on the team last year. Mario Williams, game paid a lot of money, and all he did was bitch. He's not doing anything in Miami right now. Probably going to start bitching there, too. Um, I get it. We had a great system under Swartz a couple years back, but Rex came in, wanted to implement his own system. So uh, just kind of like anything in life, you either buy into a system or you don't. If you don't, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. I think people are finally starting to buy in. Looking around the league, what player do you hate? Players I don't like? I'd say Beckham. He's a bitch. He's a crybaby. I know when he played, uh, the Giants played the, the Bills last season, uh, Darby and Gilmore shut him down. They played tough. They played physical. And I don't think he likes contact. He's a diva. And if you've seen this season, more complaining. No touchdowns the last four games. So players I hate, Beckham. He's a bitch. Any shout-outs for this week? Uh, they're actually having a uh, a Bills party, I believe, at the Shrine Auditorium before the game. Um, I've gotten some emails about it. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it out before the game. Would love to see it. I've got some friends with season seats that uh, gave me first dibs uh, to uh, to their tickets. So flashy, I appreciate that. But couldn't make it out. I've got the family in town actually visiting from Oregon. So we'll be watching the game, having a few brews, maybe more than a few. Uh, watching the Bills win on Sunday, but uh, I'm excited. I, I think both of our teams, both the Bills and the Rams, are on the upswing. Okay, we may both be on the upswing, but only one of us is going to win this week, unless we tie, of course. What are your predictions? I'd have to say Buffalo wins 31-17. Uh, well, I think we'll just have to agree to disagree. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you having me on, D. It's been a blast. Um, would love to be back again sometime. Who knows when the 
the Bills plays the Rams or play the Rams again, but we'll definitely see. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see how these predictions play. I think uh, you predicted a, a Rams victory. I, I don't think that's going to be the case, but uh, best of luck and uh, go Bills Mafia. That was Carlito from Buffalo. Carlito, thank you very much, and hopefully we'll be speaking to you soon. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Cuz, for breaking down the Cards game for us. And a special thanks to Carlito for getting us ready for the Bills game with his insight. Join us next week as we celebrate the victory against the Bills. If you have any questions in the interim, you can contact me at datadrivenram at gmail.com, all one word.